Ulterior. Just to provide full transparency, this intro portion is being recorded sometime after the review was done. And that is because a decision was made later on into the process of getting this review out that it would probably be better off being its own separate episode rather than being lumped in with the other material from this past week in the scene to cover. And if there has been any record in the history of Ulterior's duration for me to do this for, it absolutely has to be this one. So please enjoy the next 29 minutes and one second of me talking about potentially the most important album that I reviewed yet and an album that is going to be remembered for the rest of time. I truly do believe that. Take Me Back to Eden by Sleep Token. So as part of me explaining my background with Sleep Token and anything of that sort, I do need to express this sentiment and this mindset towards how I've covered this band in the past. And what I mean by that is something that I say regularly on the show is that I will never lie to you guys. And I truly do mean that. Whatever I believe about something, a band and a song, an album, I will tell you guys what it is that I feel towards it, honestly and wholeheartedly, except for one time. There was one instance in the past where I lied to y'all, and that was when I reviewed the prior Sleep Token album, This Place Will Become Your Tomb, and it was back in September of 2021, and I got on the microphone and I said, this album is great, it's amazing, I love it, whatever the fuck else I said. I did not believe almost anything that I said. I listened to that album for the first time at a Starbucks the, the day that it dropped, and I just thought in my head, this isn't for me. I, I cannot connect with this. Outside of Alkaline, there was nothing about that album that really pulled me in. I just believed that Sleep Token's style of like almost avant-garde progressive metal, it did nothing for me. Yet the way that I operated back then in the early months of Ulterior was that I was afraid of going against the grain per se. I believed that at any point, any review that I put out there could be seen by certain people who would maybe have like this 
extreme opinion about something that I said or something that I posted. And I was not in a position at the time mentally where I was of the mindset where I would know how to process any kind of backlash or criticism. So this is all me basically saying that I was bitch made for a while when starting the show. And because I knew Sleep Token was a band that a lot of people out there idolized and they had this really high ceiling for and this very high opinion towards, I was afraid of saying anything bad about them. So I lied. And I said that I liked This Place Will Become Your Tomb. And then maybe in that review, I also said that I liked Sundowning. Neither of those are true. I have always respected the craftsmanship of Sleep Token and the ideas and the concept of the band. I have always thought conceptually, Sleep Token is one of the coolest fucking things in the scene. Their presentation and their theatrics is second to none. There is nobody else doing what they do the way that they do. That was kind of redundant, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. I've always loved the imagery. I've always loved the vessel mask. I think everything that they do creatively is fucking generational. But then when it came to the actual music behind Sleep Token, that is where the disconnect between myself and this band stemmed from. Between Sundowning and This Place Will Become Your Tomb, I liked two songs from them, Bloodsport and Alkaline, and then that was it. There was nothing else musically about them or within their catalog that interested me or or made me intrigued to further hear anything new from them. And I always knew that with this platform, I would continue to follow them and cover whatever they were doing because that's what I do, you know? I don't just review shit from bands I like. I try to review everything regardless of whether I like the band or not. If you're in the scene, I want to give you time and attention. So that's why at the start of the year, when Sleep Token released the two lead singles for this record, Chokehold and The Summoning, I was initially like, you know, just okay, whatever, Sleep Token has new singles, there's going to be a new album, I have an obligation, quote-unquote, to talk about all of this, and I will. So I went ahead, and the first song from the album that I heard back in January was The Summoning. And just from the moment that it starts, and it really kicks in, and that first verse settles in, and Vessel is just serenading the listener in this very like macabre manner. That's where I was like, okay, something is different here. Something is like igniting within my brain that is telling me this is not the sleep token that you were scared to criticize once upon a time. And I know everybody's praised the summoning by now. I know everybody has given some take about the summoning that is within the boundaries of, holy shit, this song is amazing. And I don't have much different to say about the summoning. The summoning is one of the most important songs I have heard in my time covering Ulterior. And there is a part of me that wants to extend that notion outward to just my entire life and my entire tenure within this scene, which expands over two decades. The summoning turned me around on Sleep Token in just fucking minutes. One song, one stupid fucking song in the summoning was all that it took. And it's not just because of how good I think the summoning is, but just... The power 
that is commanded within that song by Vessel and everyone else in Sleep Token. The massive chorus, how it just sounds like this, um, okay, I know this is the term to use within Sleep Token lore, but I cannot think of another term to use. That chorus sounds like a ritual. It is just heavenly and hellish at the same time. The breakdown of sorts that comes after the first chorus, that was the moment where everything just made sense to me about Sleep Token, and I understood I'm probably going to love this band in a way that I didn't believe that I would initially. And then from there, you know, you spend a few more minutes just having your brain be just pounded and mushed to fucking shreds by everything Sleep Token is doing. And then you get that pause in the bridge. And the first time I heard that, uh, like atmospheric section, I thought maybe that was just going to be how the song concluded. I was like, this is fucking astounding. I cannot believe what I heard. And now I'm getting the chance to just like, like ease my head back and just really intake everything that I listen to. And then the song goes into its outro section. And I don't know how else to describe it other than just this funky ass jazz influence, baby making galore type shit. There's no proper way to explain this section. I've had four fucking months now to explain to you guys what the final two minutes or so of the summoning sounds like, and I don't know how to do it other than to just tell you to go fucking check it out if you haven't already. And that's not even the opener. The other song I mentioned, Chokehold, that is the first thing you hear when you press play on Take Me Back to Eden, and just the way that that song, it kind of, it takes its time in building itself up, but also it still throws the listener into the deep end in some way with just that minimalistic MIDI-inspired sound in the background while Vessel is laying out the introduction to this record and then how the song explodes from then on out. Chokehold is just another amazing song. I'm going to keep saying things like amazing, sensational, generational, impactful, astounding so many times throughout this record or the record review because I don't know what else to say? I don't know how else to describe the nature of what I have just listened to. There were another pair of singles released thereafter, Chokehold and the Summoning, Granite and Aquaresia. I think Aquaresia is just this beautiful song that is able to showcase that particular side of Sleep Token that they sometimes dip into where they scale things back and they're not really like a metalcore act anymore, but they can still like leave their mark and, and stake their claim at being maybe the best band in the world at whatever sound it is they're trying to chase and subsequently achieve. There's like these, um, these moments in Aquaresia on piano that just kind of remind me of like something out of an Atlas game, like Persona 5 or Catherine, it's a really weird thing to explain, but it's a connection that my brain was able to make. Um, Granite. <laughs> so, um, throughout the singles rollout for Take Me Back to Eden, I have seen essentially every possible combination of rankings for the singles when it comes to people out there giving their takes and their opinions on this matter. 
for myself, ever since I first heard Granite, it never left that top spot for myself. And that's not me trying to disarm Chokehold or The Summoning or uh, Do You Wish That You Love Me, Ocarija, whatever song Sleep Token has released in the last couple months, it has delivered and it has delivered in a massive way. I think every single here can be justified for being somebody's favorite of the bunch. But for myself, there's something about Granite that is so alluring and it's been that way from the moment that I first heard it. And the way that Granite kind of um, takes its approach is something that has stuck with me this entire time. The like button-pushing sounding intro and then how Vessel layers his first verse over that. And then just how soothing the initial chorus is while these lyrics are just burning themselves into my brain. I was more than just a body in your passenger seat. You were more than just somebody I was destined to meet. I see you go half blind when you're looking at me, but I am. Between the secondhand smoke and the glass on the street, you gave me nothing whatsoever but a reason to leave. You say you want me, but you know I'm not what you need, but I am. And then after that chorus, like the finger snap and the way that the song begins to take its own shape and blossom and just explode and fucking burst in a manner that is so similar to Chokehold and the Summoning in its final moments. Granite is this artistic expression that has managed to strike every possible chord within my heart and my soul and my fiber and my being ever since I first fucking heard this song. And I'm like kind of going crazy right now over this microphone. I understand that. But what I'm trying to get across to you guys is that Granite has been able to have like a grip on me in a way that so many songs I have heard, not just this year, not just this decade, but in the entirety of my life, have failed to do. Granite did that, and it does it every time I press play on it. Jesus Christ. The next single after that was Vor. If you're going to Google this song, uh, Google Vor Sleep Token. Don't just Google Vor on its own. Please don't Google Vor. This was the heaviest of the singles, and it ended up being the heaviest song on the record, just in terms of how, like... Um, I guess like aggressive it is with its delivery of those really chaotic moments and those chugging riffs and like that metalcore nature of Sleep Token. There are a lot of points of Vor where I, I, I'm kind of of the belief that maybe this song could have taken inspiration from Loathe because I definitely do get those vibes. And the other thing about Vor is that even though it's like very unapologetically heavy, it still takes its breaks to just let the atmosphere settle in, to let you be enchanted by the amazing vocals of Vessel and just give him that canvas to make this song as memorable as anything else on the record. And then Do You Wish That You Love Me was the last song before the record's release. And it wasn't that long ago that I talked about this song, so I don't believe I need to go too extensively on it. But just know that the like overwhelming positive response I had to Do You Wish That You Love Me back in episode 87 or whatever it was, I talked about it initially as a single, that has not left my brain. If anything, my love for this song has only 
expanded ever since then. I think Do You Wish That You Love Me, especially hearing it in the context of Take Me Back to Eden, it is this very just beautiful and angelic piece of music and piece of art that it just kind of, um, I guess like, um, it only helps grow like the legend of sleep token and the, the, the mythical beast that this band presents itself as. I think, do you wish that you love me ended up being like this really vital part of taking me back to Eden and the stretch where the song appears in between the apparition and rain. It would not have felt the same had do you wish that you love me not been there to kind of act as this breakaway point in some ways. And that's where the singles Rollo ended. Everything else on the album, hearing for the first time, I, um, God, there was this feeling within me. I don't want to equate it to anxiety because that's not at all what it is, but it gave off like a somewhat of a similar sensation. The only thing I can compare it to, like music wise for myself, was the first time that I heard Amo by Bring Me the Horizon. Because every time a new song came on for that record, I genuinely had no idea what it was going to sound like. So, like, I, I already knew fucking Mantra, Wonderful Life, Medicine, like, the back of my hand. But then it's like, what is Nihilist Blues? What is In the Dark? What is Heavy Metal? Like, you know, I genuinely did not know at all what to expect once these songs hit my ears. The same thing happened would take me back to Eden, and the same feeling overcame me. And every time a song like Ascensionism, for example, started, I kind of had the mentality of like, you're not what you say you are. You're not what you look like. And what I mean by that is Ascensionism starts off like a piano ballad in some ways, just very, very beautiful, very methodical in its pacing. And the whole time, I'm not only just captivated by what I'm hearing, but I'm also keeping it in the back of my head. Something is going to happen. Like I'm waiting for that, just that instant change in the pacing and the tempo. And with Ascensionism, it comes in the midway point of the song. And what you get from that is Vessel whispering to you, diamonds in the trees, pentagrams in the night sky. And then as soon as he finishes saying sky, that song just takes on a whole new life and it punches you in the face, in the gut, in the ribs. It like fucking peels your eyes out, dude. Like this song is insane. And I just could not believe what I was hearing. I was lying in my bed, all the lights off, just staring up at the fucking ceiling, my eyes open, mouth open, just in complete fucking shock and awe at what I was hearing. Something that I think might happen is that everybody's experience with this album will be different. Everybody will have a different sort of breaking point in it. And what I mean by that is every song on Take Me Back to Eden is very heavy in its subject matter and it's very moving and emotional. And I think for everybody who hears it, they will have a different song, a different moment, a different lyric that, you know, sort of quote unquote breaks them and makes them just, you know, not be able to hold in any of those emotions any longer. And for myself, it was on the song, Are You Really Okay? That song is initially built on this very faint 
guitar melody with even more faint piano notes being played in the background while Vessel is just not even really singing. Like, Vessel sounds so drained and defeated while he is, like, kind of being forced to utter these lines. And it's just very daunting and brooding, and I could not pull myself away from anything that was happening here. I raised you in the dark, caught you reading by the sunrise, you wandered from the path through the silence of the hillside. And again, he just sounds so, like, gone and lost. And in those moments, that's where I feel like I am identifying with this being, this creature known as Vessel, more thoroughly than I ever had at any point on the album up to that moment. And then the song does explode the same way that many others here do, but then it quiets itself back down, and Vessel repeats the line to end the song, please don't hurt yourself again. And he's like, almost crying while he says it, and at that point, I was ready to cry. I was ready to break down. I was ready to take the spot as the subject matter of are you really okay, and just in those moments, be so engrossed by everything happening, everything going on around me. It's fucking gutting, dude. It is as difficult of a song for myself to get through as anything else that I've ever talked about on the show before that I refer to as being very emotionally challenging. Like, Are You Really Okay is for myself just this moment in time that I don't know if I'll ever forget. I don't know if it will ever leave my memories lying down in the dark and just kind of having to ask myself, yeah, am I really okay? And then you know, again, this being Vessel telling me and everybody else hearing the song, please don't hurt yourself again. That's fucking heavy, dude. That is not something that I expected to get out of this record. Yet here I am telling you all that Are You Really Okay was that big of a deal for me. The apparition might be one of the most unique things to happen on this album, that is made up entirely of unique and innovative and creative endeavors by Sleep Token. What happens on this song is you do get the patented, like, you know, slow brooding build with that explosion later on in the song, but in between that is a moment where the song feels like it's kind of taking on hip-hop in, in some ways. It's like Vessel is rapping in a very half-hearted manner and that fits in so well with everything happening on the song so let's make trouble in the dream world hijack heaven with another memory now i make the most of the turning tide it just split what's left of the burning silence don't wait because this could be the last time you turn up in the reveries of my mind i wake up to a suicide frenzy loaded dreams still leave me empty that fucking verse just gutted every brain cell within me and put it all back together by the end of the song and for that moment in that track and the rest of the song thereafter like i felt like i was connected to vessel like this is a weird fucking review guys because i'm talking about vessel i'm talking about fucking rituals i'm talking about all this lore shit but the songs are good enough and creative enough and successful enough to warrant myself and anybody else being lost in this universe that Sleep Token created. Rain is one of the shortest songs on the album. It's only 4 minutes 12 seconds, yet 
if Felix Sleep Token managed to take every working concept for the album and like compartmentalize it into Rain in a way where you still get the patented Sleep Token sound in a massive way despite the duration of Rain. The song does kind of remind me of Alkaline from this place will become your tomb in some ways like that build up the way that the rest of the band comes in the explosive chorus rain is like one of the more accessible songs on the album like this is probably easier for somebody brand new to sleep token to get into as opposed to like ascensionism which is about seven minutes long yet i i feel like you're still giving somebody as good of a crash course into sleep token and the lore of this act if you're showing them rain and fuck, dude, even somebody like me who is like kind of just like, um, so intertwined into everything that is happening with Sleep Token and so invested right now, I love Rain just as much as anybody else right now. Rain is a fucking tremendous song. And then right after that is the title track, Take Me Back to Eden. Something that I have mentioned so many times on the show is, how I feel towards long songs and most of the time maybe like 90 or 95 percent of the time I think long songs are not as effective as they could be if the messages were just compacted into you know four or five minutes yet when I saw the runtime of 820 for taking back to Eden I was not phased by it at all I didn't flinch there was nothing within me that thought like oh fuck it's 820 uh, I'm not gonna like it no I saw 820 and I was like yeah let's fucking go let's fucking do this shit and that's because over the course of just this album sleep token built enough trust within me to have all the faith in the world that they could take a song with a runtime of 820 and maximize every second and make every bit of the song count and they did just that and they did it in a way that exceeds what so many other bands have ever managed to do with a longer track like this this song is sleep token incarnate it is sleep token summarize to the greatest extent that this band could have ever put out for themselves Every bit of Sleep Token that makes them so special and makes them who they are is present in this song. You get those really beautiful build-upping moments. Build-upping is not even a word. I don't even fucking know what I'm saying anymore, but just let me cook, let me cook, let me cook, let me cook. Um, you get those moments like I just mentioned. You also get another like hip-hop-inspired section by Vessel. You get those very giant, chaotic, atmospheric metalcore choruses. You get every element of Sleep Token from the sonic range of them to the emotional range to the ideas within this band that have gotten them to this point. And then at the end of the song, it just sounds like it's fucking disintegrating and it's beating itself down, breaking itself down, breaking you, the listener, down to the point where you almost have nothing left within you, yet there is still one more song to get through, one final beat left in the heart of Take Me Back to Eden. And it is in the form of Euclid, one of the greatest closing songs I have ever heard in my life. And Euclid, from the moment that it starts 
takes the battered and beaten down listener that you are and it has this very upbeat melody going for it on the keys and Vessel is also matching that cadence and tone and all of these things work in unison to lift you up and carry you through the finish line of this album to make sure that you get out of Taking Back to Eden the best possible listening experience. And by the time I finished Euclid, I was just... I don't even know. It felt like I was having an out-of-body experience, to be honest with you guys. And I, I'm i almost speechless, despite having spent the last 26 minutes waffling about this record. And I don't know what else there is for me to say, what else there is for anybody to say. I am... I'm in awe. I am genuinely taken aback because I didn't expect this. Like I mentioned at the top of this review, I didn't really care about Sleep Token that much. I didn't call myself a fan of theirs. I thought they were very talented and they had cool ideas and a few songs to go along with all that. But at large, I wasn't invested in Sleep Token. If at the start of this year, January 1st, 2023, 2023, I'm losing my fucking mind right now. January 1st, 2023. If you had told me that I would be just going completely fucking insane and apeshit over a sleep token album, there's no way that I would have taken your word for it. Yet, through the work of sleep token and the singles rollout for Chokehold, The Summoning, Granite, Ocarisha, Vor, Do You Wish That You Love Me?, and then combining that with the insane prowess of every single song present here on Take Me Back to Eden, there was nothing else that I could have done. There was no other option for me but to embrace Sleep Token and to give in to this whole concept and to worship and to become part of the ritual. I don't know if I've ever felt this way about an album before. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this in this sector of music and i don't just mean how i feel towards taking back to eden but also the growth of sleep token the progression of them this year because right now they are at around 2 million monthly listeners on spotify and i know there's always this debate online about if monthly listeners on spotify is an accurate measure of success when you go from 300,000 to 2 million in a four-month span, yes, it is a measurement of success. It is a measurement of hard work and dedication and determination and everything else that goes into making a band as amazing as Sleep Token have been able to put themselves in. Take Me Back to Eden is an experience and a journey that I am confident anybody who hears this album no matter if it's this year, next year, in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, no matter at what point in your life you experience Take Me Back to Eden for the very first time, I don't believe there is any way that you will not be able to recall where you were, what you were doing, what you were feeling when you first heard this album. Because it is that much of an imprint on the history of this scene. And just like the intro of this episode... This outro section is also being recorded post-production. That was everything that I had to say as of now with regards to Take Me Back to Eden by Sleep Token. I truly do believe that this is a special album. This is an album that I am 
never, ever going to forget for the rest of my life. And I hope that if you share that sentiment, if this album means something to you, then I hope you can be of the belief that this review of mine did the experience of taking me back to Eden some form of justice because that's what I really set out to do here because that is what this album deserves and warrants. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this special standalone episode. And as always, for the love of the game, worship. Worship.